2: Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets on PetLifeRadio.com and this episode is actually a little bit unique because we are going to take three different things and merge them together into a kind of a holiday presentation. So I'm very excited to say I have a legend, an animal over the holiday, it's called Legend of the Christmas Spider, which is something I had never heard of, so I thought you all might like to hear this. I'm going to read one of the articles that I wrote about uh, taking pets into the paranormal field. Uh, I'll Always done with caution and definite planning and then we have to uh, end this episode we are going to speak to melody who has a ghost cat story for us to kind of get us into the spirit of the season so to speak so I'll we'll start all of that right after these messages
1: now time for something really scary a word from our sponsors Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot, don't run away.
0: Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume's super long-lasting sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? fume PAWFUME. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Yanong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania, every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets, on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host.
2: And welcome back to Paranormal Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and as I started in the introduction, we're actually going to start off our episode today with something called Legend of the Christmas Spider. And uh, I am sorry to say, or happy to say one way or the other, that I learned about this through the internet. Uh, this was something that was sent through. And actually, this kind of figures, uh, this comes from Germany and the Ukraine area. Now, in case you don't know, just as a little side note, Germany was one of the areas where we originated the idea of Santa Claus, uh, which came over to America in the 1800s as Sinterklaas. And what we did not bring with this from Germany was Santa's helper. He is a little devilish figure named Krampus. He was actually featured, much to my surprise, he actually made it onto the Stephen Colbert show, because I've known about Krampus for a while, and I think we need to bring Krampus back into the Christmas spirit. But basically, he goes after all the naughty boys and girls and uh, torments them with uh, dragging them off in bags and you know scaring them with chains and things like that. And after some of my experiences in the mall, uh, I have to sometimes wonder if uh, Santa Claus should have a modern-day version of this little little figure with him. But just based on that uh, background on Christmas over there, the story doesn't surprise me, but it is kind of an interesting one. Basically, it starts off. Once upon a time, a gentle mother was busily cleaning her house for the most wonderful day of the year. Not a speck of dust was left. "'Even the spiders had left their cozy corner in the ceiling "'and had fled to the attic to avoid the housewife's cleaning. "'At last it was Christmas Eve. "'The tree was decorated and waiting for the children to see it. "'The poor spiders were frantic, for they could not see the tree "'nor the presents that waited for the dawn. "'The oldest and wisest spider suggested that perhaps "'they could peep through the crack in the door "'to see this glorious sight. "'Silently they crept out of their attic.' Down the stairs and across the floor to wait in the crack of the threshold suddenly the door opened a wee bit and quickly the spiders scurried across the room the tree was breathtaking and certainly more than their eyes were accustomed to seeing so they crept all over the tree up and down over every branch and twig and saw every one of the pretty things that were hung upon the branches at last they were satisfied with the christmas tree's beauty But alas, everywhere they went, they had left their webs. Now seeing what they had done, they became very afraid that they would be killed. So they prayed for mercy. Suddenly, an angel appeared and said, I'll save you, but I will need some help. One of you must stay to save the rest. It was agreed he would stay. And then the angel touched the spider and turned it to ice. And the webs became shimmering silver and gold. Since that time, we have hung tinsel on our Christmas trees to remind us of the sacrifice of one to save many. According to the legend, it has become custom to include the spider among the decorations on the tree. That is the actual story. I have to say I was quite amazed. Personally, I have a live and let live attitude towards spiders. There are a couple of little house spiders that stay on the deck outside. As long as they stay outside, I don't bother them and they keep down some of the mosquito population. But I never really imagined them in a Christmas tree. And uh, having seen a couple of the episodes from, I think, Discovery Channel where they show close-ups of these insects, they're actually very, very scary looking. They're much cuter when you can't see the detail but i actually had no idea that was where the icicle legend originated and of course in today's world uh, icicles are not considered the safest thing for pets i can't even find them anymore in stores uh, and i do recall a few years before they were declared i guess a hazard i'm not sure i've never heard them declared a hazard i just know i can't find them anymore but we had some interesting walks with some of the pugs so it's uh kind of a unique story there, but that's just something to consider, and it's sweet that the spiders are still remembered, particularly for not only wanting to be a part of the family, but the one who sacrificed itself for the rest. So, the second item of interest I will just introduce a little bit. Primarily, what I'm thinking about is the idea that paranormal investigation and paranormal shows continue to show up with great alacrity. They are I thought by this time paranormal shows would start decreasing, and yet, you know, we're seeing the launch, the new seasons of two shows in December. There were launches of at least one new show. I take that back. I think three in total, and uh, one of them does include uh, an animal-themed ideology. And I had actually been approached by these producers very early on, primarily because of my work with the paranormal and uh, pugs, and I was quite concerned because I wanted to know how they were going to present these stories and if they were going to do so in an ethical manner. I'm definitely an animal advocate and uh I really, really protect my pets, and I could just see because, unfortunately, I have seen this with other TV shows. People kind of get caught up in a craze, and I certainly would not want animals to be unfortunate bystanders in this that kind of get dragged into it. So, around that time period, I ended up writing an article for the Spirits of St. Petersburg website. Uh, This coincided with a case called 3111, which we actually did in the Tampa Bay area. And this family, uh, I know them quite well. They are absolutely a delightful group. And they know about Odyssey. They know about my interest with the Pugs. And in fact, uh, anytime they request an investigation, because we actually do basically yearly checks with them, they ask Odyssey to come with. Now, I almost started his investigative career with the spirits on that investigation, although I had taken him on prior investigations. This was an actual official request. So, when The time came for me to write an article summarizing what we had learned from 3111, because for every case, I try to go back after some time has passed and look at the data in a new light and to actually write an article about whatever it is that strikes me most about this case. The obvious answer was pets, pets in the paranormal. So I'm going to actually take a little time to read this just to kind of get the word out there a little bit and to make sure that people understand what it means to actually have a pet in the field. So it's entitled Pets in the Paranormal. And not only was this posted on the Spirits page, but also on our MySpace blog. Pets and the Paranormal, always a topic of great interest and a topic of great debate. As the host of Paranormal Pets radio show, I get to discuss one of the most fascinating topics ever, the role of animals, generally pets, in society, specifically in the role of indicators of the paranormal or supernatural. It's a fascinating subject for me as I'm an animal advocate, rescue person, and I identify more with animals as friends since humans can be rather enigmatic. I will say that both humans and animals can be equally fascinating in their behavior. I have come across several other investigators who have watched animals working in the paranormal or who occasionally will take a pet in the field with them. The question arises then, how do animals actually sense the paranormal and is it okay to take animals on investigations? To the first, I would say that yes, animals can sense the paranormal. We do know that animals are more sensitive to the weather and have warned of impending earthquakes and hurricanes. There are working dogs that are used to predict seizures. I'm an acquaintance with a specially trained seizure-sensing poodle that is sanctioned as a working dog. Both of these situations are not normal or, if you will, paranormal. Paranormal. They are actually neither. Dogs have also been recorded throughout history as sensing the supernatural, gods manifesting ghostly intrusions, jinn or angels, and more. And I have read and posted accounts on the Stark Paranormal Pugs page of dogs' sensitivity dating back to the Greeks and Romans. The Egyptians even used the jackal as the psychopomp for the dead. And just as an aside, a psychopomp is the individual who actually leads the soul to the underworld. The biases against animals are unfortunate. Animals are usually classified as not possessing reasoning abilities and for their lack of language skills. To look at both of these issues, I would argue that animals do not have human reasoning skills, perhaps, but they still have an ability to think. Recent studies concerning dogs in specific include scientific studies show that dogs apply earlier learning to new situations, perform selective imitation, and understand human gestures and new words. Another study, how much are dogs like humans? New research is showing more emotion and intelligence in man's best friend. And for animals in general, there are actually a couple of pages that you can go to. Can animals do abstract thinking? And there are several books listed on Google.com. As for animal language skills, while animals may not speak in phrases or with verbs, nouns, and adjectives, as we do, they do communicate. Insects have formed an intricate communication system with one another that can deal with a variety of ideas. And if you actually look up insects plus communication, you will get an entire list of books and studies. The question of human-animal communication does come into a variety of forms. One is the owner's understanding of their pet's behavior. The other may relate to the animal's trust of their caretaker. Additionally, one upcoming episode, and as I said, I wrote this a little while back, of Paranormal Pets Radio Show will feature discussions on animal sensitivity. The guest, Shana, is a longtime researcher in the field, and she believes that animals are wonderfully sensitive because they are of the reasoning skills that they have. They live in the moment, and they answer stimulus with true response. Humans tend to overthink an event, sometimes missing the paranormal activity, or overassuming that an event is paranormal to begin with. On a personal note, it is quite obvious to me when Odyssey, the paranormal pug, wants something. I met my boy when he was four weeks old and was allowed to visit him on weekends until I could bring him home at eight weeks. He is the only pug I have seen nursed to this day, and I saw him with the seven siblings. My mother actually got puppy fever for my visits and adopted his brother Crescent. So I actually still have contact with one of the seven. Odyssey is now, actually, he's almost 14 years old. My family agrees that he is perhaps one of the brightest pugs we have ever had. He observes his surroundings, he is in tune with me, his human servant, apparently, and he is personable. For quite some time, and on occasion still, I would be invited to an event and asked to bring Odyssey with him. Odyssey is a paranormal pug in many ways. He was supposed to die over three years ago of terminal cancer, but when I went to a Buddhist medicine service on his behalf and had an experience, the cancer went into remission and has not returned. Granted, this is after he had the tumor removed and another surgery to fix some irritation from the first. But four years later, he looks quite good for somebody who is supposed to be dead. He eats very well for a dead guy, too. Uh, Odyssey's initial prognosis was six months to two years, uh, even with the surgery, uh, if they got the cancer. He was only supposed to make it two years, and he's coming up on his fourth anniversary in January. As a side aside, there is some speculation that different animals, like humans, may have differing levels of sensitivity. I guess some paranormal pets have confirmed this, as have other paranormal investigations in the field. If we are individualistic with our abilities, why wouldn't the same hold true for animals? The second form of communication between animals and humans is the psychic connection. The most recent episode of Paranormal Pets Radio is directly about this topic. My guest was Karen Anderson, who communicates with animals that are both living and dead. Off the air, she did a session for me with one of my pets, who is not Odyssey. She was remarkably accurate, and I had told her none of the information. So I find this to be an interesting topic, but one that I am currently learning more about. Now to address the second question asked in the introduction of this essay. Is it okay to take animals on investigations? As the founder of the Spirits of St. Petersburg, my team has indulged me in voting Odyssey as the official animal consultant for the group. While I have done approximately 400 investigations into haunted sites on my own or with the Spirits team over the past now 14 years, the pets have been on about 2% of them. In 10 years, I have taken Odyssey to approximately 5 sites to do about 7 investigations and I've taken Odysseus and Achilles his uh, now four-year-old pug nephews, if you will, uh, on one investigation. And actually, at this point, they've been on three. I do not see taking an animal into a haunted site as a problem as long as the following precautions are observed. Note the nature of the animal. If he or she does not like to travel, do not take them out. If they enjoy traveling and meeting people, then that is one step in the right direction. Note if the location has access to animals to begin with. If homeowners have animals in the home, and these days many do, ask about the animal's seeming sense of safety. If the animal's that the homeowners have are constantly stressed then this may not be a good location to introduce another animal if the animal is unharmed by an entity then it's always a better indicator that a pet investigator may be safe Always, always, always pre-investigate the site before taking an animal into the field or to do a thorough, and actually do a very thorough investigation of the property. I learned this from experience for my own team's safety and for Odyssey, who took an impromptu swim in a small, below-ground pool. Fortunately, our team calls for no one, human or animal, to be left unattended, and he was fished out quickly, none the worse for wear, but a little wet. Since then, I have always checked inside and outside of the property much more carefully for the sake of Odyssey. Make sure that the entity is not hostile. Odyssey, Odysseus, and Achilles have each been on cases, but not under the property that was not inspected by the team. And if there are any signs of hostility, they would not be allowed to go. They are only allowed to go on rechecks, which means we've already done a full investigation. And this means that the spirits is prepared to deal with whatever is there. For the most part. Uh, Homeowners' reports are also filtered in for pet safety in regard to animals already on the property if their own pets were harassed, etc. The property must be animal approved. The home or business owners must be informed. There should be no surprises in bringing a pet along. Odyssey's presence, for example, is actually requested for some of the long-running rechecks that we have done. If you bring a pet, you must be prepared to watch over him or her. If the animal shows signs of distress, they should be removed from the property immediately. As an investigator, this pet is your responsibility as would be the safety of any other investigator in the group, the responsibility for the pet is more so the owners as the animal trust you to keep them safe. Do not abuse that trust. Do not force the pet into an area where he or she does not want to go once i know the layout of a property it is not unusual for me to allow odyssey odysseus or achilles to lead me around i will sometimes drop the leash entirely to let the pet roam where he wishes though i am following behind if there is an area that the animal avoids note it but do not force the animal back into that area or into that room my philosophy is if it's not good enough for my pets it is not good enough for me be sure to know where an emergency vet is in case of emergency it would most likely be in case of physical trauma more so than anything else do not overuse pets on investigations as mentioned above the pugs have gone on a very small percentage of investigations overuse may result in stress for the pets what are the results of my pet investigations since odysseus odyssey and achilles are the first three who have been on investigations uh, that are pretty heavily screened the results are mixed Odyssey has not had much of a response on many of his cases, but one. At a haunted hotel, Odyssey was uneasy in one room of the structure. I carried him through the room the first time to get into an area to the other side. Returning, I had set his leash down and allowed him to follow me through the room. When I stopped to take pictures, Odyssey refused to stop. He kept a steady walking pace, ignoring my calls to stop, which is rare for him, and got to the exit, and he immediately sat down outside the door. This is the room where EVPs have picked up crying and where some reports came back that people were were uncomfortable at my own home odyssey was present for three ghostly manifestations but he responded to only one Odysseus and Achilles are currently in training to a certain degree. While they love to travel and visit, they are young, even at four years old, and a lot to manage as a pair, and they are very bonded as brothers. Taking one out without the other is kind of strange, particularly uh, Achilles is uh, a bit shy. Of those two cases, only one showed results. Odysseus is on film staring at a door. He turned around to look at the camera back at the door, and about a minute later, the door actually opened. Uh, Everybody had left the area. He was running through on his own, and he was caught On camera, staring at this door very intently, very puzzled, and the door actually opened by itself. There was nobody there, and I got that on film. Unfortunately, the case, I'm not allowed to publish it, so I can't put that data up. We actually learned that he came back with Achilles, the same phenomena happened, the door opened again on its own, and we actually learned that there's no physical reason for it to open, and that this was an area where the people in the building actually reported a great deal of phenomena. For those who do EVPs, by the way, pets are not usually conducive for them. Basically, you will pick up, uh, particularly with pugs, snoring, snorting, sniffing, snuffling. So you have to be aware of those noises and be experienced with that. As I type this essay and deja vu as I read it, all of my pugs are actually sleeping and snoring loudly enough. And I don't know if this, they're being picked up by the radio broadcast. However, as pets do go on a minimal amount of investigations, I believe that some accommodations are to be made for them. Animals come on a second or third recheck, unlike humans. Again, they're relying upon you. And if you have people who like EVPs, let them know ahead of time that you're bringing a pet and you'll have to make some sort of accommodation, even if that means that you have to leave the area with the pet so they can get clear EVPs. These days, I rarely do investigations alone, but if I am alone, I do not take the pets with me as a matter of their safety. So, that's my last recommendation. In addition, on active investigations, I rely on the input of my team to also determine the safety factor of a location. And my teammates are also very good guardians for my pets. So, if somebody decides that they want to bring a pet on an investigation, which, again, I recommend only with extreme caution and research – Please use common sense and think of the pet's protection first. So just a little heads up uh, as we prepare for perhaps a bombardment of new upcoming events. Basically what we're going to do at this point is we're going to pause for commercial and then we're going to bring Melody on with her ghost story. So we'll be back right after these messages.
1: Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot. Don't run away.
0: Give your dog some thought. With dog thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why I read it. Jay Leno talked about it. CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <laughs> on your iPhone, of course.
3: Three things, human. What planet am
0: I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent.
3: my condo
0: in Boca Pet Planet magazine check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578 it's out of this world coast to coast and around the world it's all behave with Arden Moore find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tin Tinseltown
3: Talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
1: Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host.
2: And welcome back to Paranormal Pets at PetLifeRadio.com. I am very pleased to say we have our third segment of the show ready to go. We have Melody from Florida who is going to tell us a little bit. She's actually going to get us into the spirit of the season, so to speak, because she's going to tell us about a cat visit that she had. Hello, Melody. How are you this morning? Doing very well. Excellent. Yes, it's uh, this is a good time to be doing very well, actually, as we move uh, almost to the halfway point, I can't believe it, of the month and uh, time to Just goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems the older you get, the faster it goes. You're right. Actually, it's it's very alarming. (laughs) I don't like this trend. But you are on this morning to tell us a little bit about your cat visit. So, do you want to tell us the story? Sure.
4: I'm an animal person. Um, I grew up having cats all my life. My dad was an animal person, and I had this one cat, Rook. Um uh he was found out on Clearwater Beach when he was four weeks old and he was my cat. My son, you know, it's just my son and I. But Rook was my cat. He followed me, he slept in the room with me and he waited he was sitting in the window waiting for me when I would get home from work. And he even did the Garfield thing, hanging onto the window, the screen as I would open the door to go out onto the porch or something, you know, but he was, that was, he was my baby. I had to bottle feed him and he was sick the first two years on and off with infections and stuff, probably from not being with his mother and, you know, different things. Mm -hmm. And um, I had him until he was 18 and he had thyroid problems and he had liver problems and he was like two months short of 19 when he, when he died. And, of course, I was devastated because I'd had him all those years. And, like I say, that was my boy. So after he passed, there would be times when I'd be walking down the hallway and out of the corner of my eye I'd catch a glint of orange and white. And of course, I'd turn and look, and there wasn't anybody there or any any cat or anything, and I had no orange and white cat, so I know it wasn't one of the ones that I had and there'd be sometimes I'd be laying in bed at night, and I swear I could feel him in his normal spot wow, by my pillow, you know, kind of it was just like I felt he was there, you know, and I'd reach over, and of course he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But that lasted for probably a good six months, and then it kind of gradually tapered off. I don't know. It made me feel good. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like he was comforting me because he knew I missed him so much, you know. Um, Well, that's
2: outstanding. Already, what you've described is amazing, because there is no really strict rule of thumb when it comes to animal ghosts, but usually people say that cats will show up for about six months, and so Mm -hmm. that you said it was about a six-month time period is is quite amazing. Cats about six months, dogs about a year, and then uh, from personal experience, I had a story similar to yours, except uh, mine involved. Don't get too grossed out, but I have pet rats. And I actually had, uh, and he was, I uh, had this perfect rat who followed me everywhere. He was the most beloved thing. He actually wanted to sleep on the bed, and I think he thought he was a pug. And uh, for two mm-hmm. weeks after he died, I would actually see him running, you know, like where he would always run and things like that. And I would look, and there was nothing there, but I'd see this out of the corner of my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind, of, and it's an interesting story, and you do have a good point. So you think that he came back to comfort you.
4: Right, I really think he did. I mean, I, I mean that was just my, of course, I mean, I couldn't talk to him. And he, there was never any audible sounds or anything. It was always just out of the corner of my eye or just like in the middle of the night, that feeling that he was laying in his normal spot or something like that. But it gave me comfort, okay? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's not why he was there, but it did make me feel
2: better, and the experience stopped after six months?
4: After, yeah, it kind of tapered off. I would say right after it happened, I was seeing him maybe two or three times a week or more. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of gradually eased off. So at the end of the six months, or when the six months, when it finally stopped, I was only seeing him maybe once every you know 10 days or two weeks or something i would just catch that orange out of the corner of my eye and then after the six months it just stopped
2: and what did that tell you about animals in the afterlife i mean did that give you some insight i think so i mean i don't know for sure nobody knows for
4: sure but i like to kind of thinking think of them in the afterlife i i mean we're all we're all made. I mean, we're all creatures of God, or wh- however, whatever we want to apply to it. And I don't know. I, I really think that they'll be hanging there, waiting for, hanging on the gate, waiting for me when I walk through the door.
2: There you go. Just like on the screen door, you'll, you'll get up there, and, yeah, on, and on there he'll be on St. Peter's Right. What took you so long? Yeah, exactly. Well, what a wonderful story. And it's it's kind of a nice way to wrap up, actually, the show in general. I think it's interesting because, believe it or not, the holidays are a time period when many people report more activity. Usually, it's family that shows up, but I don't mm-hmm. see why it can't also be pets. So, what a great story. And I am so delighted that he was there to comfort you. It also shows really how in tune these animals are with us when it mm-hmm. comes to, to their deaths. They're not so upset, but we are. And so they they keep showing up just to let us know that it's okay. And uh, they're still around, you know. And it's nice that Mm -hmm. it kind of eased you into that transition. So I'm just always constantly amazed at how considerate and accommodating animals are. I kind of wish people would be this nice. But I love the story. And um, what a neat place to find a cat on St. Pete Beach. The girls were just walking down and
4: he... We don't know where he came from, whether somebody dumped him or if he just got separated from his mother or what happened, but um, yeah,
2: there he was out by the beach. And it so, sounds like um, he had that that good beach personality, huh? So, excellent. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your, your story with us and just to, to kind of give us a little extra insight into that spectral world. Is there anything that you want to add on for our listeners? I think it's just that we need to remember that we need to take care of all of
4: us, not just people, but animals too, that we all inhabit this world and we're all here, and... We need to take care
2: of everybody and everything. Oh, but a perfect message. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And actually, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and close out this episode of Paranormal Pets. I wish all of our listeners don't get too hectic, don't get too tied up in the materialism of the season. Just remember to take a little bit of time and pet your pets and see your family and just enjoy being here. Have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll look forward to seeing you on our next episode of Paranormal Pets at Pet. Life.
1: Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected.